0: Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Glass Half Sports. Uh, I am one half of your hosting duties, Nick Huffman. It is January 13th, 2022. I hope you are having a good start to your week so far. Uh, We are just a few days removed um, from what everybody in the NFL calls Black Monday. And I'd like to uh, give a big old congratulations to Mike because do you still have your job at Andover? I assume that you do. I, I guess I assume that I do too. I guess I didn't hear. And Gabe, who pretty much coaches our, sh- our show, he's back there somewhere. So everybody survived Black Monday. I think we should all give ourselves a round of applause. We made it. We made it. Mike, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm all right, man. <laughs> There's Gabe. <laughs> yeah, Gabe is back there. Tevin's even out there as well, folks. So we didn't lose anybody. This is a sound franchise that we're building here.
1: Yep. Uh, we're still, I would say, somewhat in rebuild mode, but we're moving forward for sure. Trust the process. Right? Trust the process. That's right.
0: I'm doing well, man. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Had a good start to my week. Lots of interesting things going on around the NFL um and the NBA and the NHL as all of sports seems to be, you know, back in full swing uh regardless of Omicron and all of the other things that are that happened over the holidays. What do we got for the folks today? Big show because it is the best time of year with the NFL playoffs finally here.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a fun show for sure. So, we're going to do a little Viking offseason preview. Uh, we won't dive too much into it. Um, we we'll touch on it. Yeah, so we're going to touch on the Vikings' win in against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little preview about what the offseason should or shouldn't look like. Uh, a little bit of a Week 18 recap around the NFL. A lot of games that had playoff implications tied to
0: them. A real weird way to unfold like if somebody would have went was week 18 worth it in the nfl big old green check mark yes it was definitely (laughs) Uh, a little bit of a
1: playoff prediction as well go through the nfl uh, playoff matchups i think there's a lot of really cool matchups uh stylistically as well that we can talk about yes sir. Uh, our wild wolf watch as well our winter sports teams are starting to both play well
0: yeah i like that
1: uh so it's been a pretty fun time here in minnesota and then uh, a coach totem pole segment
0: oh yeah we're gonna just kind of go through uh what some of the hottest most available head coaching jobs are we're gonna go ahead and rank them for you guys so you know what to look for uh as you enter the uh uh, 2022 nfl offseason yep and then like always folks you can find us on instagram tiktok
1: facebook twitter and spotify uh if you didn't catch us live you can catch us on mcn6 uh
0: saturdays at two o'clock and fridays at seven Damn straight. If you like the content, remember to like, share, follow, and subscribe because the world's a better place when we all work together. And with that being said, we can launch right into the uh, Vikings post-season preview. Mike, we will start with you and we'll just kind of touch on the Chicago game. What did you take out of it? Because it's the last time we're going to have to probably be upset at the Vikings for the next 300 and some odd days or 200 and some odd days before the season starts again.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, hopefully we're not upset at them in April with the draft. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it, it seemed to me like Zimmer's final middle finger to Minnesota and the and, fans.
0: And you kind of predicted that
1: on his way out. Um, you know, he's, he played the starters, which to me was pointless. Um, right. For example, if you were going to extend and keep number eight under center. Yeah. What if he tears his ACL in a week 18 meaningless game? Um, and then you're playing the starters and you're not even giving the starters chances to, you know, rewrite the record books. The the JJ situation uh, made a lot of fans at home. Oh, yeah. Very upset. Um, and then on top of that, why are you winning this football game? Yeah. The, I,
0: <sighs> <laughs> we talked about this last week. This game was was going to be backwards, I feel like, no matter what way we looked at it, right? The Vikings played all their starters. Okay, like you can make an argument that maybe we need it. The team hasn't played all that well. If you, if this is your quote unquote punishment for the starters for not making the playoffs, whatever. Right. But winning the game does, you no good. We were looking at the draft board. And if you lose this game, you draft as high as seven, which puts you in the top 10. That gives you leverage. If you wanted to trade out of that pick, it's going to be good for your new GM. It'll be good for your new head coach. Um, all of which we knew was coming. Right. We had talked about it pretty much the last half of the season, but you went ahead and won it anyways. And then in the face of winning, you didn't give JJ the record. So it's right. like one of those things where you just want to sit there and pull your hair out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you see um, some of the, uh, the strategies around the NFL. You know, the Giants doing a QB sneak on third and seven on their own like four-yard line, yep. uh, clearly tanking, trying to get a higher draft pick. Um, and then there's us who doesn't understand the long run of what a win in this game could do to our franchise.
0: Yeah. And if, and if, if the worry was, you know, Hey, we're concerned about winning the, 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 the outlook for the franchise, whatever you want to call it. Right. If that is truly what somebody was worried about, the Vikings had the opportunity to uh, optically opt out of this game. They were down 17 to zip at one point. And you could have at that point just fucking said, all right, we're going to pack it in. Yep. It's the end of the season, Put in right? Kellen Mond. Who wasn't even active. Right. Once again, more nepotism on the coaching staff. Why would you not at least have him dressed to get him some reps? He's going to need to eventually prove whether or not he can or cannot play in NFL games.
1: I think it shows, or, you know. Speaks volumes. Speaks volumes uh, that he's not dressing and that he wasn't the backup all year, this year. Um, I wasn't too high on him But whose decision is that to drafted? make at
0: this point? Not the head coach that is was obviously on his way out the fucking door. Right. So like, that's where I feel like somebody should have stepped in and said, okay, well, some of the decisions are no longer yours to make. Like the fact the the narrative that Zim didn't know that he was going to get dismissed after this game. I don't buy it one fucking bit. I believe that three weeks ago he got told. That's why we got some of the shorter, more aggressive, um, Crotchety Zim, Crotchety Zim press conferences that we got towards the end of the year. That's why after the game he was taking pictures on the field, sitting with Spielman on the bench. They were very obviously aware that this was his final salvo. So why were you still letting him make decisions that are going to impact the future of a roster that is he know that he is no longer going to be a part of? Right, I agree. Just it's one of those things where I just I get super frustrated at at, at symptoms this and it that at the, this game was a symptom of the coaching staff, right? Like what has been the last eight years, a mediocre team.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you're barely beating the bears at home.
0: Yeah. With all your starters in there playing, you know, a quarterback that hasn't really played much all season long. And they've got some like uh, Hicks was out. Cleo Mack not playing things. It just none of it made sense to me. Now I will say Blake Lynch. Round of applause, great game for him, right? There were some young guys out there that were showing out, but that should have been the entire roster. Right. You wanted to give the fans something to look forward to, play some of the younger talent, and even if it isn't a loss, and if all of them play well, you can go into next season going, well, at least we know we've got the depth and the players in place. All that does really need to be fixed is the front office. Right. Um, so now we can – Any anything else that you really wanted to get through on that piece? No. I guess I just want to make it clear
1: that, unfortunately, I'm a little upset that they won.
0: Yep. Oh, I think that was very evident by how well, we addressed that piece of this topic. Super clear. Um, I was uh bear down on Sunday. Same. I tweeted. It would be the only time that I was ever going to cheer for a Chicago right. Bears team. Um, now, after the game, obviously, we get the dismissal of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, which I think. I believe caught, the
1: next morning, actually, which was interesting to me, to be honest.
0: It was very telling to me. Um Like I said, I think everybody knew that this was coming. If you go back and you look at the press conference, and I tweeted this out as well, if you pay attention, obviously words matter, right? If you pay attention to how, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Um, Somebody asked Zimmer, hey, you know, looking back over the last eight years, what is the thing that you're most proud of with the Minnesota Vikings franchise? His response was, you know, I don't want to get into that right now. If you want to talk about it, we'll talk about it tomorrow morning. And then said that there was going to be a team meeting at 9 a.m. Lo and behold, at eight o'clock, the news came out that Zim had been fired. So this was very obviously a planned instance by the Minnesota Vikings and Zim got to walk away without having to necessarily be uh, responsible for his actions in front of the media, which I could give two shakes less about that portion of it. But Zim gets fired 74, 59 and one record after eight years in Spielman, which was a tad bit more surprising. I think there was a lot of media that thought that he was going to be part of what the search was going to be for the new GM as he moved to like a, a president's a non daily football operations role one hundred and thirty-two, one hundred and twenty-three, and two, which is a worse record than I thought that he would have had. About right, he he presided over the ponder years and stuff too. Leslie Frazier and <clears throat> and things like that. But both of them now gone. Uh, what are your thoughts on a fresh start from GM Dow? You know, um,
1: I I gotta first say um, thank you to Mike Zimmer and Rick Absolutely. Spielman. Absolutely. Um, even though. You know especially towards the end it was a little sour and a little bitter um and we as fans were upset with the product on the field um they they did give us a good product on the field at times right uh made things happen where they probably should not have um you know there was there was a year where uh dalvin cook was injured sam bradford went down
0: and we get to the NFC championship
1: game and we were sitting at two and Three or two and four or something, right. and, and we ended up in the NFC Championship game that year. So, um, credit to those guys for the work that they did. Um, unfortunately, it's just not what we're looking for here in Minnesota. Uh, we truly do want to be raising the Lombardi here shortly. So
0: uh, we got here in what sixty-five or sixty-seven as a team, and we sixty-one, and we don't have a fucking Super Bowl. Correct. At some point, that's got to happen, right? You just Correct. built this beautiful stadium. You've got a rapidly passionate fan base. I don't know if there's a better stadium, really, for a team that doesn't have a Super Bowl, which I know that's a short list as well. That you can go to and be a part of. Like, think of other teams that don't have Super Bowls. You go to their home stadiums. Are their fan bases as passionate as we are? Um, as hopeful? I mean, probably not. As dedicated. I mean, the
1: the first team that popped into my head as far as doesn't have a Super Bowl, and they have an amazing stadium is the Falcons. They don't have a Super Bowl, do they? I don't believe so. So, I mean, that and new stadium that they have is gorgeous. But there's their fans also probably it. aren't as excited as we are. Yeah. Um, they're pretty much hitting the bottom of the barrel for a reset. So
0: oh trust me, uh that Mercedes-Benz Stadium next year probably gonna be pretty empty. Georgia and by the way, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs for winning the national championship in college. And the Braves just won a World Series. So they've got other things that they can go watch for quality sports. Right. Um, but I think this was just it was the end, it was the end of the road, right? Now, it had it
1: it had clearly run its course. Yeah, um, it wasn't a, an out of the blue firing for either guy, in my opinion. Yeah, um, they had clearly gotten their shot and it just wasn't working.
0: Right. And I think we finally got closure on what was ailing the team with some of the uh, post game pressers and stuff like that. You got guys like Thielen that come out. And, you know, are saying certain things. Kendrick talking about, you know, a fear-based operation is not the way to win in the NFL. The Wilfs come out during their press conference and they're talking about, we need strong leaders who can communicate with their players. And me and you had talked about this uh, in in two weeks ago, I believe I said, sometimes you just got to be able to build out a system that, fits the players and not try to, you know, pigeonhole your players into the system that you think is going to operate best. Right. Because obviously talent is going to change every year, the way the game, the wrinkles to new things is going to change every year. And I think the current staff that we had in place didn't know how to pivot into what the NFL has become.
1: I mean, I definitely think that that was a part of it. Um, I do think a large part of it though, especially judging off of all of these remarks coming from inside that organization was morale and uh, confidence, Mm -hmm. especially as a young player. If you can't, if you're scared to look your head coach in the eye, Mm -hmm. um, you are not going to play football very confidently. I can tell you that much right now. You're not going to fly around and do your assignment. Um, So I think it, it boils down to Zimmer was an asshole (laughs) and players didn't want to play for him
0: anymore. I mean, take a look across the rest of the NFL landscape, and we're going to get to some of the dismissals here in a little bit with, with Black Monday, but communication and and being hard-nosed and not being able to be a little bit more of a player's coach in this new player empowerment era, I guess it's kind of what we're approaching. It'll never probably be exactly what the, the NBA has, Right. but you can't come in and be the hard ass, the do it my way or the highway, no fucking exceptions. We're doing, you know, midnight film sessions on Sunday. Guy, if you don't have the resume to back that up. And okay, yeah, Zim has a ring. He got one with the Cowboys, I believe. But he wasn't the captain of that ship. Right. He was just along for the fucking ride and had the 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 pleasure of being able to coach guys like Dion Sanders. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, Yeah. Like, and
1: then they had Aikman and
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, I do agree that Zim probably left the organization in a better place than he found it because I was real. I was even more upset with the uh, Leslie Frazier era. But um, I guess communication is going to be one of the big things that the Vikings are going to need to focus on. You know, moving into whatever new regime they're getting ready to is getting ready to take place. I mean, it
1: is interesting. On the flip side of that, how many young coaches do you see having success? In today's NFL, uh, just off the top of my head, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, Sean McVay. Uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, Sean McVay. Um, I think that that is turning towards the recipe for success now is coaches that actually can identify and speak with their players instead of that old time drill sergeant, Tom Landry walking the sideline.
0: Well, I also think that, I mean, even if you look at some of the older coaches, right? Like it never worked for Andy Reid in, in Philadelphia. He got close, but then he goes to Kansas City and he softens up a little bit. He gives a lot of control to his players and ideas and allowing them to bring things. The football IQ for players has probably quadrupled in the last 10 years. So you would be remiss if you're not taking every tidbit of information from the guys that set foot on the field every single day. So Bill Belichick, even when Tom Brady left, you saw the year that Cam Newton came in and you've seen it a little bit more with Mac Jones. He's softened up a little bit. You have to be able to change. If you're not willing to change, it's adapt or die, right? That's kind of what it was. And Zimmer fell on the side of die, um, so, and we'll get into next week, we're going to do a, to coach or not to coach segment. That's a tease. That's professional, uh, of us to do. Um, so tune in next week for that. But what do you think the Vikings are going to be looking at? Cause I know you wanted to touch on this briefly in a new GM with that opening. Cause I think that's definitely going to be what has to come first before head coach. So I think, uh,
1: just with the shortlist that they have released, I believe there's six or seven names on the shortlist. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all on the younger side. Uh, they they want to infuse this organization with youth and energy and excitement. Um, and from what I've seen, the GM candidates that we've kind of listed out are all tied to a specific head coach.
0: I don't necessarily opinion. agree um, with that portion of and it. That's fine. You can be but, wrong.
1: But there are some GMs that are coming specifically from teams like the Chiefs, where if we got that guy from their front office, you can almost basically see Eric Biennemi coming as the head head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. So I think the GM hire in my opinion is going to basically tell you who the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings is going to be.
0: Yeah. um, So for example, if it is Catherine Rachey, yeah, that's going to be Doug Peterson. We're going to have Doug. How happy are you about that? Especially because it's already come out after his interview that he may be willing to wait on that Vikings job to see if he can get, I mean, he's not going to go to the bears. I think he interviewed with the Bears to
1: make us go, okay, we might want to pull the trigger in a Brad Childress type situation. But there are other –
0: there are obviously other opportunities for him to get into where he could – We'll talk about it later on the show, but we're a pretty good freaking opportunity here in Minnesota, bud. I agree. but doesn't mean that there's not
1: others out there. No, of course there's – I mean, yeah, he could go to Jacksonville.
0: Right. Trevor Lawrence and – it's just –
1: it's – And Jacksonville.
0: uh, My only issue is – is I don't think we should be looking at GMs that are that are attached to coach and coaches. I don't I think understand. we're necessarily just looking at GMs that are attached to coaches, but
1: I think it's it's an inside look at the thought process in the Vikings front office right now that they're targeting GMs that could have an in with specific head coaches. Like this is the direction we want our team to go in. Gotcha.
0: But does in my opinion that just narrows the focus, right? Because then once if that's the case, once you hire a GM that you, you may miss specific interviews. You may, you know, there's certain people that you may not want to have come in. There's a certain philosophy and a certain culture that you've already kind of locked yourself into. And the GM, do you really want three years from now to be doing not only another head coach search, but another GM search because they're tied at the hip? No, I would much prefer to look at this as, okay, what were Rick Spielman's strengths? Trading back in the draft. Right. <laughs> I will say depth, um, his ability to... Work with the front office to manipulate the salary cap, I think, has been very good. We've never necessarily been one of these teams like the Saints that has been in cap purgatory. Sure. Um, player development outside of the quarterback position, I always think, has been very good under Rick Spielman's tenure. Man, Really?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, we're almost the farm team for the NFL like the Twins are for the MLB, man. Well, that's, like I think Mike that's Hughes so. is a great example. Yeah. Drafted him first round. And Steven Weatherly. Didn't do anything for us. And now he's balling out on the Chiefs. So, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, to be honest with you.
0: But he had certain strengths. Now, what were his obvious weaknesses? You'll say player development. What were some of the other ones? I would say player development. I would say
1: draft priority. Okay. Can't ignore the offensive line for seven years. (laughs) Um, LFG. LFG stands for let's fucking go. That's right. Yeah. In case you're wondering. For those boomers out there that are watching us um i mean i think i just don't think spielman truly knew how to build a team i think he drafted corners Mm -hmm. receivers Mm -hmm. and occasionally some d linemen uh that were pretty good yeah outside of that he had a few you know hits on kendrick's bar smith um but i mean if you're a gm of an nfl organization for a decade You better hit on some picks almost two decades. Yeah.
0: Um, And I think, and the question that I have that kind of ties into this is, do you think that some of his inability to get some of the other things right was the fact that the wolves are what we call absentee owners and like they're not craft. They're not Jones. They're not, you know, the, the Maras and they're not at every single game where they have input on a lot of stuff. They're helping on a daily basis. They're a fly in for the game on Sundays watch and go home. And then they leave their GM to do everything else. Right. Do you think that his inability to maybe adapt and improve on some of his weaknesses was the fact that he was bogged down by having to take care of some of the things that should be taken care of by an owner or would be taken care of by an owner that has their hands on the pulse of the franchise a little bit more. Cause look around the league, the dolphins are dealing with the same issue. Okay. The jets have been dealing with the same issue. Yeah. But I mean, you look in Jacksonville though,
1: Shad khan is like one of the most hands-on owners he's in the organization he's very well involved in the day-to-day dealings even though he owns fulham uh fc and everything but i mean i don't necessarily think an owner that is involved makes a successful organization and i don't necessarily think an owner that's not involved makes a unsuccessful organization i just think I, i think i personally think that there's absolutely no correlation there To be honest with you. Okay. I think it was an inability to realize you need to draft more than three positions.
0: The the only reason I asked that is because that makes me wonder, okay, if they're not going to be there and you know that you're going to have to have a GM, then that is going to have the experience to be able to take on all of this workload because they're not going to be present. Does that narrow down your GM list instead of being able to go out and get somebody that will be able to develop into taking over that role Without us taking a massive dip for four years,
1: I I don't think it's that much of a workload okay. as you think. If the owner's not there,
0: I I would dis only because I look at what's happen what happens at the top of the league and I look at the owners that are constantly involved and I see okay those teams are always in the playoffs. Okay, the good ones at the very least as far as ownership goes, right? Sure. Are this are the Steelers owners often involved? Yes. I mean she's like ninety eight. She doesn't do shit day to day. Are the Saints owners heavily involved? Even mm-hmm. though they also own a basketball, you know, they also own the Pelicans. Yes. Jerry Jones. As much Jerry as,
1: Jones is the GM, though. Also true. So that's a little bit of a different situation.
0: Right. So it's just it's one of those. And things, you just said the Cowboys are a successful franchise. Well, they're in the which playoffs they're this gonna year. get
1: bounced in the first round. We're gonna so talk to about see. that.
0: We're gonna talk about that here in a minute. But um Gabe, I know you've been kind of watching this. Anything that you've kind of pulled from the GM search or um, what's
2: come out of all this? I've actually not. Ben, I was just reading back here a little okay. bit and no, you know, I actually haven't looked at it. I'm still kind of obsessed with learning more about um, you know, how we had Vikings players come out obviously and and saying some negative stuff about Zimmer. Yeah. I'm fascinated with that stuff right now. So that's where all my I'm waiting to hear more about that. I'm you know, and and also as you guys talked about it, I can't help but Okay, I was a Cubs fan, right? Right. right. So we had the Dusty uh, Dusty Baker era. Mm -hmm. As soon as he was done their first, I was like, God, we need a disciplinarian in there because everyone's so soft. This whole players coach thing isn't working. And I just wonder, like, I I don't know, is the NFL
1: trend. It's fully just on player coaches. Right. Right now. I think that's the trend for the. I mean, even Bill Belichick, who's like. A utilitarian is like more of a player's coach now than right. he ever he has, has. Ever been. has been.
0: I think like we were talking about, I think it. you have to come in and be a player's coach. And then as you win and you set a culture and you understand, and you know, when you're, cause then you start to draft your guys and your guys take on your mindset and the way that you operate on a daily basis. That's a whole lot easier to do when you have guys that are willing to toe the line. That's why the Patriots were so good. Right. Belichick was, I mean, I mean, going back to even when he was in New York, wanted to be a disciplinarian, but Bill Parcells backed him off a lot of times with his star players because he understood that that guy brought value other than just being a player to the locker room. And so he had to learn that it's a give and take. And then once you set the standard, if you've got players that are willing to follow that, then it's easier to get your free agents that come in, new draft picks. I mean, Um, it goes
1: back to respect is earned, right? Yep, not given. So like if you just walk in your first day, and start barking orders as a disciplinarian. I think you're going to lose a lot of respect, especially with the veterans in that locker room. These are adults. These um, are children. You got to gain that respect and then you can start coming, you know,
0: and bringing the hammer down a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let us know what you guys, uh, what your guys' thoughts and expectations are for the GM hunt. Once again, make sure you tune in next week. We will be going over a coach or not to coach segment. Uh, for the Minnesota Vikings head coach search looking forward to hearing from you either here live on the show where you can comment in and we can get to you uh, or uh, after the show, or we'll be able to get to you in the comment section of all of our social feeds. Mike, what do we got next? Uh, a little bit of a week 18 recap. So the longest NFL season in history ended well, with a uh, regular season in history. Yeah. Longest NFL
1: season in history.
0: Yeah. But you said ended the, the whole season hasn't ended because the playoffs are here. I never said the word end. You did. We can roll the tape back at you right.
1: Go ahead. The longest NFL season in history. <laughs> that was uh, worthwhile. <laughs> brought a, a crazy week 18 uh, with some teams punching tickets and some teams sitting their asses at home. Um,
0: the emotions that Pittsburgh Steelers fans had to have gone through, and I know I'm about to get my face rubbed in it by Mike here, had to have been one of the most strenuous Sundays in Steelers franchise history I pronounce them dead at the midseason mark they lose Juju Smith-Schuster their O-line can't block Najee Harris not really running all that well Big Ben looks like he's throwing a medicine ball the defense deflates a little bit and then all of a sudden Baker falls apart in they Tomlin pile we a, trust In Tomlin, we, you want to talk about one of the biggest regrets in Minnesota Vikings franchise history letting that guy ever fucking leave the building for me I've been, I have was like 15
1: straight winning seasons.
0: And man never misses the playoffs in probably what is right now, the toughest division in football. Right. Um, But for him to, for them to win that game against Baltimore and then for the Raiders chargers game to almost come down to a tie, I would have slept for four days. I would have told everybody they had Monday off prior to the playoffs because I'd have been like, I know all of you were up until one o'clock in the morning. Heart racing, wondering if we're going to turn this Ben Roethlisberger thing into a Ray Lewis type playoff run. So I mean, I mean, I guess we can start there. Go ahead, I'll, 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 I'll go ahead and just take it because I know I'm going to get absolutely shit on by you for the Steelers thing. All I'm season. not going to shit on you. I mean,
1: I tell you all the time that I'm right. Maybe one of these times you'll believe me. Nope. All right. Well, Steelers are in the playoffs. Like <laughs> yeah. I said, week one that they would be, um, and you kind of laughed me out of the building. So Steelers are alive and well. Uh, do we have some highlights for the Steelers game? Yeah, we do. Um, Gabe, if you want to maybe run those. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, one second. I had uh that we were leading off with the Indian Jacksonville, so I Oh, that. we'll Sorry.
1: get to we'll yes. get to yeah, that uh, collapse Nick next. decided to, you know, take us on a detour I I'd start with Pittsburgh, I guess. Um, Creative Liberties. Yep. Uh so the Steelers are live. Uh that it's it's just good football, man. They they play complimentary football. They don't turn the ball over a whole lot. They do have a good running game with Najee. Yeah. Um, Big Ben is smart enough to make things happen. I'm not going to say talented enough because he does look like he's th- like the neighborhood paper boy.
0: 46 attempts for 195
1: yards two weeks ago, folks. Like, let's yeah. not get carried um, away here. And did you see his press conference going into the Chiefs game? I did not. So he basically said, everyone knows we're going to lose. So why don't we just go out and have fun? Like I'll look up the exact quote, but I think it's just him showing his veteran leadership Mm -hmm. and setting the chiefs up for failure,
0: man. This is just one of the, and, uh, and as you look this up, my whole takeaway from the Steelers season as a whole. And if you are watching this, watch your own fucking bobber in life, right? Cancel out all the outside noise, doesn't matter what the Browns are doing. Doesn't matter what the Bengals are doing. Doesn't matter that the Ravens at one point were seven and one. It doesn't matter that your neighbor down the street got a brand new Mercedes. It doesn't matter that your cousin's husband got cheated. Watch your own bobber. And eventually good things will happen because when you watch your own line, you don't miss opportunities. And the Raiders needed, or the the Steelers needed everything to go right down the stretch. And because they were just focused on what was going on inside the building with that team, they got it done. And you you can do nothing but applaud them for that effort alone. Because in this day and age, when social media just beats you over the head and everybody's like myself, I'll even lump myself into this category is so quick to pronounce you dead because everybody wants to be, wants to be first. It's hard to tune that out these days.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, I think it just shows the, the leadership in the, Clubhouse, Yeah. You know, it's you're led by a 39 year old quarterback that has won super bowls. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And then Mike Tomlin is in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, So I actually found big Ben's quote uh, quote. We're probably 20 point underdogs and we're going to the number one team. I know they're not the number one seed, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years, arguably the best team in football. We don't have a chance. So let's just go in and play and have fun.
0: I mean that's also him on his on his final salvo you know taking his That's
1: lap a around. hell of a strategy because guess what now there's absolutely no pressure on that Steelers football
0: team none and they can Which just go them... and play loose and fast and they just might win it now <laughs> You want to talk about irony by the way when was the last time that we saw a guy that looked like he had nothing left in the tank was banged up in this division that snuck his way into the playoffs Ray Lewis oh yeah, with the Ravens yep. in his final year. And he left with a super bowl. This scares the shit out of me because big Ben based on the emotional investment that they're going to get out of, out of that whole win one for the old guy should worry anybody they have to face for this playoff run. Absolutely anybody. So, um, yeah, that was applause round of applause to, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we can transition now over to, uh, the the colossal collapse of the uh, Indianapolis Colts who were on the uh, the the flip side of this coin all they needed to do was beat the Urban Meyer Jacksonville Jaguars and they got embarrassed well not Urban Meyer anymore well same
1: roster yeah Colts can't win in Jacksonville, man. So I think it's like seven straight years now that yeah. they've gone and lost in Jacksonville, no matter how bad the Jaguars are. Um, however, one more thing about the Ben Roethlisberger situation, mm-hmm. the, the storyline that this seems to mirror to me, because I truly believe that history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. So you said like the Ray Lewis thing, yep. you're thinking of the Ray Lewis thing. I think he, big Ben has even seen this storyline before. I think this is more so Kurt Warner with the cards, Oh my sneaking into the playoffs and then all of a sudden going on a run. Yeah, possibly.
0: The, very, the Cardinals possibly were 9-7 and
1: seven that year. They barely made it.
0: Yeah, and to answer Gabe's question, yes, Coach Tomlin is a top three coach. Yes. By, by a mile. Um, but in my opinion for this whole Colts thing, this to me is – the book is out on Carl Wentz. Who? Carl. Carson. Carl. Bounce it in front of them once. They used to Shannon Sharp used to call it walk it to him. Well now he can walk it over to the defenders. This that guy threw more picks this year that were that bounced off chest plates of bad defenders than I think any quarterback in history.
1: Is Carson yeah. Wentz broken?
0: I think he's broken, broken. And based on how some of these off-season press conferences go and how, you know, Ian Rappaport was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and people have been prodding at what's going to – what's the future of Indianapolis going to look like, I'm not 100% sure you get Carl Wentz back next year. You didn't know his name is Carson, right? He doesn't deserve his That name. was okay. messing with me big time. Okay. You know?
1: Okay. <laughs> um Yeah, I – if you can't win a game against basically the worst team in the NFL, that's a pseudo playoff game. Yeah. That's that spells trouble for your, you know,
0: ongoing career. Yeah. I mean, you've got the potential league MVP and rushing leader in Jonathan Taylor against that defense. And you to every drive, you should start with hike the ball, hand the ball to him, hike the ball, hand the ball to him, and then figure out what you need to do on third down. Like Tennessee's doing it, right? You know what I mean? When Cleveland wins games, that's how they do it with Chubb. When Minnesota does it, you disagree, but that's how we do it with Dalvin. Like when you've got a guy that, that that's that talented, I don't give a rat's ass who your quarterback is. Hand that man the football. So how big of an indictment, not only is this on Carson Wentz not being able to perform under pressure like this, but to the coaching staff to not just be like, okay, we're all we got to do is win this game to get into the playoffs. We're not going to do anything to fuck this up. Get this guy, the rock.
1: I would say it's more of an indictment on Wentz. Um, I think Frank Reich put that team in a pretty good spot to be able to go in and play that game to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's shocking, dude. They got to be shocked that they
0: lost. Oh, it's got to hurt. What a what a shitty way for in season hard knocks to end. Right, and I loved in season hard knocks. I, I was, thought there was, was a ton of it was fantastic. Yeah. But you want to talk about a fucking collapse? Right. They they win the Steelers thing isn't even a possibility. Right. Like this they just so happened to be the first goddamn domino to fall. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean.
1: What I'm excited to see is this Jaguars team hopefully be better next year. Um,
0: oh, they and this, showed every sign of it. During and this, this was a
1: pretty cool, yeah. This was a pretty cool message to send to the rest of that division. Hey, I'm coming. We can beat anybody in this division right now. Yeah.
0: Um, How about Laquan Treadwell? A little bit of a resurgence for Laquan, huh? A little bit. He was like Trevor's favorite target for six weeks. They get Etienne back next year. They're going to have the number one draft pick. Again, so they're probably going to get like Aiden Hutchinson as a pass rusher. Yep, which is that's going to be a problem for a lot of people. And that's insane. I just I can't believe that they lost this game. Absolutely cannot believe it. Little
1: shocking. Little, lot of shocking.
0: My jaw hit the floor.
1: Did it really? Are you okay? I, I don't was able care. to put. I, I was able care. to put.
0: Oh, ouch! Wow. I'm All right, blogging.
1: and uh we're moving on to the next game here. Let us know what you thought about the uh, Colts.
0: Choking. Collapse.
1: In Jacksonville.
0: Well, well, we'll just call it Clown Town for now. There you go. Because I don't – did you see the viral thread on Twitter? There were people in Jacksonville that were so disappointed in the way that their season had gone under Urban Meyer that they showed up in f- thousands of people. Oh, yeah. They showed up in, like, clown, in clown gear, costumes. Yeah. They had a plane fly overhead with the banner saying Clown Town, and then the Colts lost to them. Wow no longer duval folks just clowntown USA home of the colts collapse <laughs>
1: and because of the colts collapse we got a real interesting matchup between the chargers and raiders the chargers and raiders matchup uh the final game of the nfl regular season yeah if either one of these teams wins this football game they advance to the playoffs and the loser goes home if they end in a tie the Steelers don't get in. They both make it, and the Steelers don't get in.
0: And they had the opportunity to end the game in a tie. They did.
1: Uh, what, what, how much time was left when Daniel Carlson hit that field goal? Not much, like thirty seconds or yes. something in overtime. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, this was a hell. This was a hell of a game, though. Uh, Justin Herbert was like six for six on fourth down. They were gunslinging, man, and it was uh, it was
0: very clearly a playoff game in Week 18. Absolutely. And for it to be the game that caps off. You know, the end of the season, the regular season, a round of applause to the schedule makers. If they predicted this, they should just go to Vegas and start betting on games. Right. But dude, how about this fucking Raiders team?
1: Yeah. Interestingly enough, I I, I think the better team on paper didn't win. I think the Chargers on paper are better. And I don't even know if I'd agree with that.
0: Is Crosby better than Bosa? Right now. <sighs> Who would you rather have, though? Crosby.
1: Uh, okay. He's see, a lead see, pipe saying. wielding like, I, I would have, maniac. I'd rather have Bosa. Oh. Pfft. Would you rather have Herbert or Carr?
0: Right now, Derek Carr.
1: Okay. See, I, I'm gonna uh, continue to disagree with you. That's what I'm saying. I personally think that that Chargers team on paper is better. I don't know. It's just, and for them to
0: be doing it with an interim head coach, they don't actually. I love have- their interim head coach, by the way. I was going to, that was going to be my next question. Um, do you think that this win and them getting into the playoffs gets Versashia a job next year? And does it save Mike Mayock's job in the front office? Because if you take a look at, he was the one that drafted Jacobs. Nobody was super. I mean, there was a lot of questions around that because he didn't get a lot of carries at Alabama. He gets Hunter Renfro. He's the one that brings in Max Crosby. Now, there's something to be said about the two first-round draft picks that he lost, but he built that offensive line. He was the one that was able to reconstruct Derek Carr's contract. He's the one that brought Darren Waller in over uh, from Baltimore and kind of got him on. I mean, the Raiders are in the playoffs. Does that save his job, though? To me, he's not on the hot seat at all. There's a lot of rumors. There were rumors going into the end of the season after – a third, what was going to be a third straight collapse down the stretch that he was going to be out on the street,
1: but they didn't collapse down the stretch. So he's safe.
0: So are both of them keeping their jobs?
1: I think if they can get a playoff win, yeah, the HC will definitely be back next year. I, would um, agree. I think Mayock saved his job with a playoff
0: berth, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I do. And I would be now you want to talk about a guy that I'd love to see in Minnesota. If he so happens to get outed as the GM in Vegas, it's Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock his ability to evaluate talent and build a roster, even, you know, look at the depth they have. They don't have stud weapons and they're in the playoffs in the second toughest division in football with the Kansas city chiefs and the chargers and the Broncos.
1: Broncos are up and coming as well.
0: You know what I mean? So there's a lot to be said about what they were able to do in Vegas this year. Yeah. Congratulations
1: to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I'm not, Super shocked that they made the playoffs because I do think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I do think Josh Jacobs is a good weapon. Um, They have good weapons on the outside as well, and their defense is just stout. Yeah. And it makes the stops when they need to. Um, I was a little surprised that they came away
0: with this win, though. I got to be honest. In Raiders fashion, I thought they would have fell apart, right?
1: Yeah, but Raiders fashion this year, man, has been... Hitting that vertical as time expires as the guy runs down the sideline. Um, they've had yeah. a couple games like this where they've actually pulled them out this year. Um, that's been the difference. And now they're sitting pretty in the playoffs. So let's uh, let's transition maybe into the Raiders first matchup of wildcard weekend. Yeah. And so we're going to go into our Wild wildcard preview. If you have any comments about the Chargers and Raiders game that ended in craziness, Madness uh, ending with the Raiders and the Steelers making the playoffs. Please let us know
0: and please comment in. Yeah, um, we can get on over to the the, the super wild card weekend preview. Um, got games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So it's going to be an awesome weekend for football. I hope everybody buys all of the snacks that you need for the weekend. And just don't go outside. Just sit your ass on your couch and absorb as much football as you humanly can. Um, and that'll start with the Raiders Bengals game, uh, Derek Carr's first ever playoff game. How do you see this one uh, panning out, Mike?
1: Also, Joe Burrow's first ever career playoff game.
0: Well, I know Derek Carr's I'm thirty. Saying.
1: I'm just saying, both quarterbacks are making playoff debuts. Yep.
0: Uh, Bengals by fourteen. Bengals by 14. So statistically, these teams are actually, if you take a look at it, very similar. Mm-hmm. The way that they rush the passer with their with their edge rushers. You know, Raiders, Bengals, very similar. They're quarterbacks. Mobile, go get it. Very forward, very, I'm going to get it done for my team. Very similar. Um, I do have the Bengals taking the win because I don't think that the Raiders have enough coverage corners to stop all of the weapons that Cincinnati has on offense.
1: I think this is going to be a game that boils down to the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be somewhat high scoring. I'm going to predict Cincinnati 38, Las Vegas 24.
0: I did not have a final score because I could not land on one for this one. But I know um, the Bengals are favored by six. I will take them and the points. Okay. That's all I have on that one. There you go. Then what do we got next?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, let us know what you think about the Raiders and Bengals matchup. Bingo. Gabe, you want to let us know what you think? I was formatting this thing, so I don't even know what we're talking about, no, uh, so I just doing this, yeah. Raiders-Bengals playoff matchup. Who you got? Oh, raiders I like Raiders.
2: There you go. Ooh. I actually like the Raiders. There I think they're uh, underachieving and whatever. They'll click in. You know, there's teams that, like, all of a sudden wake up in the playoffs. There is, I think right. They can be one of those. Right. David
1: Carr. Fair enough. For sure. For sure. And then our second matchup is... Uh New England Patriots
0: at Buffalo Bills at 8.15 p.m. Third time they've played each other in two months. Yep. Different, very different outcomes both times. Yep. I coin flip on this game or what? Nope. No? Buffalo by a lot? It's not 45 mile an hour wins anymore. Yeah.
1: Buffalo by at least 10.
0: Okay. I had the final score 30 to 24 for the Bills. Um, the Pats have allowed 28 and a half points over their last four games on defense, very uncharacteristic of a Bill Belichick team. And with the way that the Bills definitely, that defense can be tough when it wants to be. And that offense has a lot of weapons. It's just, it's going to be one of those growth years for New England. I feel I'll like. say uh 35, 24 congratulations
1: to New England and Bill and Mac Jones in making the playoffs in his first year.
0: Yeah. For even getting to the playoffs. So that's, that, that was a big achievement with, the way that we thought that this roster was going to pan out, the all the free agents that they brought in, still dealing with some of the COVID protocols, the change in Belichick's demeanor. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would give congratulations to them as well, but I got the Bills moving on, and so do you. Yep. Um, and then we get to the next matchups, which are going to which be Which is on uh, Tampa Bay's bye week. Yeah, but I think before we actually get to that, there's a question here for you from Dylan. Oh, I just answered it with what I said. It's Tampa Bay's bye week in the playoffs. (laughs) So Dylan Beak says, uh, hey, Mike, ever heard of the Philadelphia Eagles? They're in the playoffs. Don't know if you got the news.
1: That's okay. A lot of teams make the playoffs if they played in that dumpster fire division. So (laughs) Tampa Bay gets a bye week. Uh, They get to beat up on a seventh grade team here at 1 o'clock on Sunday.
0: Yeah, this is a – you want to talk about lopsided matchups. The Eagles are the definition of – underdogs in yep. this game. And I don't even think it's going to be close. This will be a get right game for Tampa Bay. Um, the only thing that I find interesting is they are playing in Tampa and the projected weather right now is uh inch and a half of rain during the game and up to 30 mile an hour winds. So the weather is going to be a little bit of a factor, but Tampa Bay gets Leonard Fournette back this game and all the Eagles can do is run the football. Jalen Hurts couldn't throw a a stone into the ocean if he was standing on the beach and all they do is run the football. So like, you really think you're going to be able to run on Sue Vita uh, Pierre Paul, the rookie that they drafted white. No, I, I just don't. They don't have the weapons on uh, the edge either, even with Tampa Bay's depleted secondary. Correct. The Eagles will be out of the playoffs by next Thursday.
1: Have fun, Philly. See ya. Uh, our next matchup is a little bit of a classic 1990s playoff matchup here. Oh, a nice callback! The San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys at 4:30 on Sunday.
0: Does this one interest you just because you know who both teams are, like the legacies of the, the franchises? This all?
1: one interests me because of the the difference in play styles. Yeah, um, San Francisco is going to try to throw the ball about seven times. <laughs> uh, Dallas is going to try to throw the ball about seventy. So, yeah, I, I think it. It really depends on who is in the driver's seat of this game. Okay. One of the teams is going to start to control it and start to play their game. Mm-hmm. And the other team is going to have to adapt. Um, If San Francisco is uh turning the ball on the ground and picking up
0: first downs, I think it's going to be a long day for Dallas. Yeah. Time. Up. Do you think they're actually going to be, re- be able to run into that front though? Micah <laughs> Parsons is going to play a massive role in this game. We're going to get a real chance to see if he's the guy. Now that playoff football has rolled around, Randy Gregory being healthy, um, yeah, Lawrence. I think it I think it falls. I think really if Kyle
1: Shanahan has a good day play calling, then the Niners will win. Good if he doesn't
0: day, full day. Yep. Not like 28 points in the right. first half and then nothing in the second half.
1: A little Super Bowl callback right oh, yeah, there? Absolutely. Well, he's done it twice. Yep. Well, with the Falcons as well, right? He did it with the Falcons, and then he did it with the Niners. Yep. Um But I mean, you got you got some playmakers. On the ground, yeah, and even Debo Samuel, who had seven rushing touchdowns this year as a receiver, um, so Knocked I think it's going to be a lot about a, like the misdirection game. And look over here, we're actually going over there. Um, the Cowboys can score in a hurry, though.
0: Yeah, it's an explosive offensive deck, and those weapons can get on the same page. I do. I think there are definitely matchups. Like I think we saw it in that Chargers Raiders game where it was team versus team. I think the Niners versus the Cowboys matchup is very much going to be matchup based. Debo versus Diggs. Who wins that? Uh, Dallas's Dallas's offensive line versus San Francisco's defensive front. Who wins that matchup? Um, You know, on the other side of the ball, you got Micah Parsons versus – it's going to be just can our aces beat their aces, and that whoever wins those matchups is going to wind up winning this football game. Uh, Final score prediction from you.
1: I'm going to say 24-27. Okay. Niners. 2014, Dallas. All right. There we go. We both think it's going to be a close
0: one. Very much so. I don't think there's going to be as much scoring as people think. Um, Dallas has had a tendency to be very Zeke Elliott heavy in the first round of playoff matchups. Well, and they're Dallas and it's the playoffs, so they're going to lose. Yep. So, well, I don't agree with that. But uh, let us know what you guys think on that throwback matchup to uh, Dallas and the 49ers, uh, and we will get back to you in the comments. Oh, we got one right here. Dylan Beeks. it's Dallas. When is the last time they won a playoff game they could play? They could play the glass half crew, and I'll take the glass half by 35. Ah, I don't know about that. I don't have the legs I used to, and Mike hasn't thrown a football in a while. You'd be surprised. <laughs> but uh, then we can move on to uh, the Cinder, the potential start of a Cinderella story. Um, or is this just, you know, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia-esque in the Chiefs pretty much getting a bye week against the Steelers? I think this is going to be a lot
1: closer game than people think it's going to be. Okay, um, I do still have the Chiefs playing it out, but I think it's going to be Mahomes even with possibly like a two-minute drive uh, to to win the game. So I'm going to say Kansas City Chiefs 31, Pittsburgh Steelers 28.
0: Uh, I think this is going to be a classic Kansas City first-round playoff matchup where you see something where it's like 17-10 Pittsburgh at half and the game ends 37-17 Kansas City. Um, That that Kansas City defense coming out of the halves, coming out of half in the back half of this season – has been lights out. So you're
1: telling me their second half They're, yeah, their is second, really good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They're yeah. a second half team. Any way you look at it, right? All Whether right. it's season or football game, they've been turning the ball over a lot. Um, and as much as I would like to say Pittsburgh's got it in the bag, they would need to go back to being just apt to be Blitzburg and Kansas City would need to, Display signs of the offensive line that they had weeks one through four, which obviously has not been the case as they See, i don't I don't necessarily think anyway. that they
1: have to be blitzberg. I think if you play tight coverage and make Mah- Mahomes looks great most of the time because his receiver has his guy beat by five yards. that's true That's very true. How many times have you seen Mahomes really like beat a team throwing into tight windows? yeah, to me that's exactly what the Bucks did to him in the Super Bowl. They rushed four. They were able to get home. So that's going to be the question. Is Pittsburgh able to get home? And possibly with TJ Watt, they might be. But if you can play decent to tight coverage in the back end and only bring four, I think that's the way to beat Kansas City.
0: Yeah, but with the way that Kansas City can now run the ball with that improved offensive line and the way that Pittsburgh has showed that they have a, they just can't stop the run. I think that is what will eventually wear down and put them into good play action, passing opportunities. Stop the run enough against Baltimore true but backup quarterback fourth string running back also like still even
1: one of the top 10 rushing teams in the NFL which is insane
0: um so yeah I got that one as a 37 17 final let us know what you guys think on the Steelers Chiefs and then we cap off the uh super wild card weekend on Monday with Cardinals Rams another one where uh they've split the season matchup but the Cardinals have fallen the fuck apart down the stretch do you think that Kyler will be able to travel well and get a second win in SoFi?
1: First, I want to respond to uh, Dylan Beeks' comment here. So, in the AFC, where do you rank Cincy? I've got them at two behind Kansas City. They just have way too much offensive firepower. Hmm. So I'm going to say Cincinnati is tied at two for me with Tennessee. Okay. So let's not forget that Tennessee is the one seed here in the AFC, And and they have Derrick Henry coming back with. So I'm going to say I am going to say Chiefs number one, but I'm going to say Titans slash Cincinnati at number two. I don't know.
0: I would have them at four behind who? So I would go Kansas City, Tennessee, Buffalo, Mm. and then Cincinnati.
1: I just don't think Buffalo is consistent enough.
0: We'll see in the playoffs. Buffalo can lose to anybody. You'd.
1: They can beat anybody. True, but that reminds me a lot of our Minnesota Vikings. Huh? So I don't have a ton of faith in that team right now. So there's your answer on that one. All right, so Monday, January 17th to finish Super Wild Card Weekend. Hey, I got him to do it. Check that out. Cardinals at Rams. Um Cool little signing here for the LA Rams, bringing Bring in 37-year-old Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle. Who's off a two-year layoff? So I mean, if eight weeks of rest is good, two weeks, two years of rest is even better. He should fly. Be flying around
0: looking like Ed Reed. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen though. Me either. And I don't think they brought him in to be a sixty snaps a game guy. I think they brought him in to be a a spot fill for
1: things that he's. Well, Taylor Rapp is on concussion protocol. Yep. And uh, I can't forget. I cannot remember his name. Their other safety that they had who is done for the season now yep. with an ankle injury. I think Weddle might get a lot of run here.
0: Yes, and I think they're going. he's going to be a spot player. I think McVay, McVay is smart enough to get him out there in situations where he is going to be bound to be a playmaker. That's what Weddle was when he was there you know, two years ago, mm-hmm. um, was a playmaker. I think they will take a look at what he does best, what he is most comfortable with right now. They will put him in positions to win to hopefully turn the tide of the game. I don't think he's going to be somebody who's back there every single down.
1: I'm telling you right now, though. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. If you haven't stepped foot on an NFL field for two years, Kyler Murray is probably the last quarterback you'd want to go up against. You're probably going to put
0: him in a washing machine at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's there. not going to be good. <laughs> uh, um, do you want to make a pick? Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles Rams 24, Arizona Cardinals 21, missing the field goal to tie it at the end of 28 regulation. 24. Oh, we got cards. Oh. So, we're offset on it, so game. they don't miss the field goal. They make the field goal. no, they score the they touchdown. score the touchdown uh, all right well there's there's different ways to look at it. It's just tough. They're getting cam Akers back this week. We all know what he's capable of. Arizona didn't get to see him during the season he's apparently looks like he's in fantastic shape and ready to go like actually take on a lot of playoff load here so it's here's here's what it boils down to to me
1: <laughs> if you had to win one football game, yeah. To save your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're you're basically picking a fantasy draft type scenario here for your football team.
0: You can't look at it in a vacuum like that, but
1: I get what <clears throat> you're saying. Do you pick Stafford or, my, or Kyler Murray? What offense are we in? Who are my receivers? Who's Do my you pick coach? Stafford or Kyler Murray? So, would, to save your life. I'm picking Kyler Murray. Probably. And so the life of these franchises is on the line here Monday night. Probably, yeah. I want to pick Kyler Murray. Yeah. That's
0: just the way I look at it. And by the way, shout out to uh, Jalen Ramsey who has been ahead of every move that the Rams have made this season from Weddle. He tweeted at one o'clock in the morning. He, 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 he tweeted out ahead of the Odell Beckham trade. He must have an in, in the personnel department. And so from now on, if you want to know anything about the Rams, go follow Jalen Ramsey on Twitter. Cause he'll know it before anybody else probably to include the coaching staff. Sure. Awesome. Let us know what you guys think. Uh any of your hot takes are going to be for Super Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be an awesome weekend of football. How much of it are you going to be able to watch, Mike? I uh, I unfortunately have to work on Saturday. Oh, so you'll just be back where they're – you'll be back sharpening skates with your phone propped up? Yeah. There we go. That's a great plan. Hey, I'm here to help, buddy. I don't want you to miss anything. We all have right. a show to run. Yep. So I'm sharpening skates all Saturday.
1: In you know? <laughs> Blaine, come see me. That's right. That's right. So we'll uh, transition over to our Wild Wolf watch here. Um, final comment from Dylan Beaks, and then we'll kind of wrap up that segment. Uh, Najee Harris has a fabulous game, but Kansas City pulls it off, whether it's by three or 20. But I agree with you all. I think it's a close game. And then Notoriety Sports, Rams 24, Cards 20. I've got the Rams in the Super Bowl.
0: Woohoo! I like it when people agree with me. It doesn't happen often. No, it doesn't. Cause what do you, you guys uh, have in the Super Bowl?
2: Ooh. As a
0: Put that playoff bracket back up, would you, came. I want to make an educated pick here. It's so... I'm going to go... Mm, Green Bay, Kansas City. Get out. I'm sorry. Get out. I'm, you're going to have to go to Lambeau and play football in February. And unless the Packers
1: get lucky, they're not a good football team.
0: They're healthy. I'm sorry. Rather be lucky than good. Damn straight. <sighs> well, you just
1: discounted uh, the greatest ever. So I'm going to say Tampa. Tampa. The Tampa to- to- top, top Bay Gronkineers. Yeah, that one. There you go. And then uh, in the AFC, I mean, how do you not pick the Chiefs? Right. So, like, I think it's going to be Bucks Chiefs again. Sorry, folks. Yeah. No. Well. I think all this craziness this entire season boiled
0: down to a rematch in the Super Bowl. Oh, Fantastic. Great for ratings. By the way, did you see the stat that came out? That the NFL had 91 of the top 100 most watched slots in television this year? It doesn't surprise me. What else at, are you going to watch? MLS? Oh, at all. No, I'm talking that's Yellowstone. That's Billions. That's, uh, that's any TV show ever. Well, like, I think part one, of it, ran, too.
1: I I really do think that part of it is the NFL is on big networks that everybody has access to. You're saying like Yellowstone. Well, you got to have like Paramount plus or whatever for that. You got to have Ted Lasso. You got to have Apple TV. I think it's because it's so segmented. This is not the topic of this podcast. I apologize.
0: 91 of the top. Not surprising to me. Not surprising at all.
2: What? I agree with Mike completely. It It is because of how they do the metrics now. Everything's so segmented. It, yeah, on Netflix and all that stuff, so it doesn't play
0: into it. Whatever. I just think it's impressive. You're just wrong again. Just, just take the okay. L. So,
1: Wild Wolf Watch, we're going to check in on our
0: winter sports
1: teams. Uh, so, in case you didn't know, we're here in uh,
0: playing well Minneapolis, playing Minnesota. Well. Play well.
1: Uh, so do you want to do the Wild or Wolves first? Oh, we'll take the Wild. So that way we don't screw
0: game up. Anymore. All
1: right. That's probably a good plan. <laughs> so the Wild, after struggling, uh, I think they had a four-game losing streak, five-game five five losing streak, streak. Uh, have rebounded and made us look like idiots. You want to talk about times where you were wrong? You I was no wrong. Too. And guess what? My old man let me hear it. <laughs> I don't think I've heard him so mad at me in the past like decade. Like you pick the wild to lose both games. Well, they won. And then the Capitals game happens and they went in a shootout and he texts
0: me at like 11 o'clock at night. Just wild win all caps. I'm I'm glad that we have passionate fans that are willing to get after you. Yeah. They get after me when I'm wrong too. Don't worry about it. Good. Um, but yeah, uh, impressive, really cool moment for Boldy to score in Boston in his debut um, in front of his family and get a win in that game. He has played exceptionally well to the point to where we have actually put um, Rem Pitlick on waivers, making it look like Boldy's actually going to stay for the long run here, which I think is the best thing. I'm for, not that surprised
1: by that either, though, to be
0: honest. Yeah, for the wild. Um, Pitlick played well at the beginning of the season, definitely filled the role, but I think the young guy is in Boldy is definitely the way to go moving forward. Um, you know, and, and with... Carrillo you know, getting that nasty hit, not being able to finish that game to be able to do it without their leader was very impressed by the Wild to pull out that win.
1: Yep. And uh, just for you folks at home, we're sitting at 44 points right now. Uh, The Predators are the top of the Central Division. They have 50, but they've also played four more games than us. Yeah. So if we were to win those four games that they have on us, we would be sitting at 52 points and leading the central division. So we're in a pretty good spot right now. Um, our last 10 were five, four and one, um, one, the last two, uh, the last one against Washington in a shootout. So,
0: and, uh, so we got some games coming up, big stretch. We have some games on the schedule. None of them as of right now, look like they're going to be postponed and or canceled on the 14th. We will have the ducks at home. Um, we should have both Kirill and, um, Eck back for this game. So I uh, heard that from Dean Evanson this morning on my drive in with PA. Uh, and then we will get at the avalanche on the 17th at the Blackhawks on the 21st and then get the Blackhawks in a little bit of a back-to-back at home before we face the Canucks coming to Minnesota. Uh, that would be the only one that I think would be in question because of all the Canadian protocols right now with COVID. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much just the Canadian teams that are uh, tough to play right now.
0: Yeah. Um, so, what do you got for a projected record for the Wild coming into this next stretch of games?
1: Well, it's pretty much just two games until we see you guys back here uh, at Glass Half Sports on the twentieth. So, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to say we go two and Uh I got one and one. One and one, or one zero oh and one. Do we get a point from your loss?
0: Yeah. Okay. Ah. Uh, That's a coin flip for me. Who do you have us listen to? Colorado at Colorado. Colorado at Colorado. And they have been putting the puck in. Their differential right now is pretty flipping good. I believe that they,
1: let me triple check this. They lead the NHL in goals scored. Uh, They have 143. The closest team is 142 with the Panthers. And then it's kind of a drop off. So they they put the puck in the net more than most. And
0: what is our weakness right now?
1: Uh, We allow some of the. Most goals are like those top teams in the NHL as well.
0: Bingo. And goalie play, hasn't. while we started the season pretty strong, has kind of tapered off back towards earth uh, recently. So that one, point-wise, may be a bit of a coin flip, but I would definitely predict a loss there. I think a win against Anaheim, though. Um, Moving into uh, that portion of the schedule before we see you guys again and before we get out of here, uh, congratulations to Merrill on his three-year extension with the Minnesota Wild. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's whenever you can exceed expectations to this end, people are going to start getting extensions and really kind of keeping their jobs. So Yeah.
0: The whole staff. And then now we're going to get some players that are getting extended. And the way that the, what I like to see too, is some of these three year extensions look like they're going to be able to be actual like big minute players in this, the next two years where we know we're going to have a lot of dead cap. Um, a lot of young guys coming up, showing promise Rossi, Boldy. We got a defenseman that's possibly coming up all of them that are going to play crucial roles in years where we're not going to have a lot of money to spend around Kirill. Um, so happy to see this. I know that was kind of our worry heading into the season. Happy to see some of this pan out.
1: Yeah. So It's um, it's awesome. It's awesome to see while they're playing good hockey. For sure. What do we got next? Are we pups or are we wolves this week, Mikey? Oh, Dude, you know, we were so close to being the wolves this week. Uh, the wolves were on a four-game win streak. Unfortunately, they had a game to go over 500. Against
0: the Zionless Pelicans, and you lose. Shake a baby sometimes with this team. So frustrated. Not yours. Don't do that.
1: Don't shake babies.
0: But so frustrated. Like, how do you how do you go up against some of these teams and play so well? And Well, then- if you ask Cat, it's because uh, the players were too busy
1: reading the media hype, and uh, it's like that's just such a dumb excuse. I swear they just run out of things to say at times. I, yeah. Um, Shout out to the Thunder for what I thought was like actually a pretty sick court and jersey and situation. Yeah,
0: they their that that team is kind of turning into like the Oregon Ducks of of pro basketball.
1: Well, that and they have like eighty picks in the next five years, so that
0: that team's going to be good here. Well, when you trade away, when every year you trade away a veteran overpriced point guard, right? You're going to get a lot of that yep so so the wolves
1: uh back to the wolves they are sitting at 20 and 21 uh they're five and five in their last 10 they're very much a middling team however when you look back at last season uh finishing the season 19 and 43 we've already beaten that win total um we're sitting at the nine seed right now in the west however uh we're only couple games out of one game back of basically the five seed. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of a jumbled mess here. We just got to stay on course and continue to win games. And, yeah. and I'm very encouraged by what I'm seeing out of this Minnesota Timberwolves team. I think I'm going to win the bet.
0: Yeah. Interesting stat that I saw um, from, I want to say it was Dana Moore. Uh, when Russ, Pat Bev, aunt Vandy and cat are all on the floor together, which obviously has not been a lot this year with a lot of the COVID protocols that we have dealt with. This team is outscored as the highest differential in the league at plus 50 points per hundred possessions, which makes them the best starting lineup in the NBA when they're all on the court together. So consistently stay on the floor together, continue to keep that pace. Vandy is very obviously um, rounding into his own as a key part of this, this, you know, uh, main five a D has taken a step back and done so very gracefully. Uh, on a lot of the offensive possessions while ratcheting up his ability to play good defense against other teams, you know, top scorers or the one or two on the other side of the ball. Um, it's, but I mean, we got some tough matchups coming up. We're going to be playing against the Grizzlies, who are red hot, the Warriors, who just got clay back, the Knicks, and then the Hawks. Uh, so I think it's more 500 basketball for the Wolves, but because Denver plays LA, uh, in in a game uh, in that same stretch, I think we do have the opportunity to move ahead or up in the standings because the Lakers will take a loss against Denver, um, which is it both you know a game that will be important in the uh, Western Conference. So
1: I think this four-game stretch is really going to show who we really are. Yep. Um, we've been able to kind of beat really good teams. We've been able to lose to bad teams. Right. We have four, in my opinion, basically playoff teams. Upcoming um, Grizzlies tonight. That's a huge game.
0: I'm starting to see Ja Morant Derrick Rose comparisons.
1: I mean, Ja Morant is, in my opinion, probably the MVP right now.
0: Guy just playing out of his. I remember watching him at Marquette and going, "Oh, that guy's gonna make waves in in the NBA." And has did you exceeded see that, those did you expectations. See that block? Yeah, insane. He's
1: got more bounce than Zion. Yeah, he's got more bounce than Flubber. <laughs> that's
0: very true. All
1: right. So we got the Grizzlies tonight. I think that's somewhat, uh, that's a huge game to me. If, if the Wolves can pull yeah. that out, go back to 500. You got the Warriors at home, at least. No. Right. On the road.
0: Whoa, where's the Golden State game on here? We definitely have them. Will the Wolves enter the. Is it on or? the 16th? That's cut off. Yeah, potentially it is. Ah. And I believe it is no, at the- home.
1: Yeah, I believe it is at home. Um if I mean I I could see us beating the Knicks, I could see us beating the Hawks.
0: Who just I mean, they just got they're they're starting to to bounce pieces. That is a weird franchise. For them to be as far along in the playoff race as they were last year, and then to take this large of a step back coming into this season should be concerning. Right. But
1: honestly, I could I could see us rattling off all four. I could see us. Losing all four.
0: Yeah. uh, No. So I. Beating the Knicks for sure. Beating Atlanta for sure. A loss to Golden State guaranteed. uh, Knicks
1: are pretty good, dude.
0: Yeah. But the players are familiar with how Tibb likes to, how Tibbs likes to set things up.
1: Knicks are sitting at 21 and 21. So, I mean, that's, I I could see all four games going basically either way. Uh, I'm going to guess three and one. The games that I will guess is a win. As odd as it is, I'm going to say we win the three road games and lose the home one.
0: Wow, that's weird. I'm going to give it the old Richard Nixon, two and two. All right. Um, Let us know what you guys think uh, about the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Timber Puppies uh, as they head into their next week. Be the Wolves by next Thursday. Please, please. Mike really doesn't want to have to uh, shave his beard or whatever it was that we... Told him he was going to have to. Oh, Andrew Luckett. That's right. How about him showing back up on television, by the way? Yeah, he looked like an old prospector coming to buy the whole town. (laughs) That guy has been the definition of a recluse since retirement.
1: Actually, hey, Gabe, I know it's really late notice, and I apologize to do this. Yeah, no problem. Could we get a picture of Andrew Luck on the sideline? Already working on it.
0: He looks like uh, the the Thornberry guy. So I know the bet was
1: that if the Wolves... Is it make the playoffs or winning record? It was make the playoffs. So if the Wolves don't make the playoffs, I have to Andrew Luckett. Yeah. Could I do that look instead? What game was it? Sorry, guys.
0: Just look up Andrew Luckett, the national championship. National, game. okay. Yeah. Him and RG3 standing next to each other. Remember when they came into the league? Yeah, we do you feel like,
1: really old? Because they came into the league 2012. I mean, that was before
0: I graduated high school, so yeah, kind of.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> I had graduated high school at that point.
0: It's okay, old man. I don't want to hit you too hard; your bones might break. It's okay, young whippersnapper. Whip, whipker snapper. Whip whipper snapper. Whip <laughs> snapper. Jesus, get off my lawn! But they, d- those two, looked at each other like two high school best friends that hadn't seen each other in ten years. Yeah,
1: when they were cool. standing
0: at the sidelines, it was a very interesting thing to see. Um, how about and did you see the guy that uh, while we waited for this to to pull up, the guy that cashed in the one point two million dollars? I did, actually. Um, yeah, I did see that. bet yep. on Georgia. How about the stones to make that bet? In well,
1: I mean, if you also have $30,000 laying around to make a bet, you're probably not sitting too bad to no. start with, no. let's be honest. So, I, I mean, that's, they- that's what I noticed. I was like, oh, wager $30,000. Look at this. Guy. He looks like an old oil prospector coming into your western town. I bought the whole town. I'm going to mine it.
0: That guy has not. That guy looks like he hasn't seen another person since he retired from football. Oh, he's a recluse. He looks like thinned out too. I mean, Very like r- severely. Very much. Well, he's not. Pl- he had to put but all I that mean, weight on because people were beating the shit out of him in the NFL. And I'd saying that's looking like an illness type thing. Nah. No, I don't think so. No, really? I don't think so. No, that's that's regular person. I
2: guess thing. I have high, higher standards than you guys. But yeah, Could you kick his ass now, Gabe? That's the question. <laughs> um, I mean, you well, know boy, he's going to come have at you scrap like scrap this, though. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. Hey, yeah, yeah. Fight me? I don't know. I think I'd leg sweep him and yeah, I'd probably win. <laughs> I mean, <it's- laughs> Andrew Luck comes out like this, <laughs> Gabe will leg sweep him. Game Roundhouse leg sweep.
0: <laughs> roundhouse leg. Can you get down to do a roundhouse leg sweep? I will when I need. It'll to. be his final move. He just needs to do it once. <laughs> Gabe's going to blow out an ACL but he'll win the <laughs> fight. Yep. I love it. When him. it's
2: life and death against Andrew Luck, yes. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, so
0: let us know. Uh is yeah, Andrew Luck just interesting. Very interesting. How are we going to wrap the show up, Mike? I'm excited for this next segment. Uh we have a segment called Hot Spotting
1: for Coaches. That's a right. game where we alternate picking the best and worst head coach openings in the NFL heading into the offseason. Flip for who goes first. We're not gonna flip. Oh, but it says we have to. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay.
0: So uh I think the best thing to do it's is like whose line, Gabe, the rules don't matter. That's right. No, the points don't oh the points I'm don't matter. Me. Whose line? Uh, we have all of the coaching openings. Gabe, will put them up here in a second. Um, me and Mike are just going to alternate pretty much going back and forth on what we think the top job will be. I will take the bottom job and then I will go back to the top and then you will take a top and then a bottom job. And we will just kind of go through what we think is going to be, uh, the most valuable spots for head coaches to be looking for positions as we head into next season. Do, 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 do. There we go. So the coaching vacancies are as follows um, Vikings, Giants, Raiders, interim head coach as of right now, Bears, Jaguars. I did throw the Seahawks on here because all signs are pointing towards some sort of divorce, either Russ out or Pete Carroll out in Both. Seattle. Um, I would agree with you, the Broncos and the Dolphins. Uh, The only ones with GM vacancies attached to them would be the Vikings Giants, Um, the Bears, and that's it. Those would be the GM opening ones, right? I believe so. Awesome. So uh, I think we can start with the most valuable job because I think me and you agree on this one.
1: So to me, the most intriguing attractive job as a head coach would be the Minnesota Vikings.
0: All of the talent that we have in place, Uh, the ability. Yeah. It's a
1: roster that is a playoff roster. I think that's the reason that coach got fired. Um, It's the most intriguing out there. You can take over this team and go to the playoffs this year.
0: You could take over this team and go and make a deep playoff run this upcoming year. Uh, Matt Burke even tweeted out. I know we've been hearing a couple of other um, former Vikings speak out on the topic since Mike Zimmer has left. They're one offensive lineman in a revamped defense away from being a top three team in the NFL. Right. Um, You don't know if Aaron Rodgers is returning after this year. Obviously the bears are going to be in the middle of a reset. Now that they moved on from Nagy fields is going to have to take in another offensive head coach. Um, We all know how that plays out for Ohio state quarterbacks, Jared Goff. It's Ryan day, but yeah. Right. So it's just, it's uh, it, it's going to tr- be a little bit easier of a path inside your own division. You finished – we finished third in our division this year? Nope, second. Second? Oh, you're going to get a second play schedule, so you're going to have a little bit softer schedule than most. Um, you're not going to have to play all of the top teams all across all the other divisions. So, yeah, I think the, the top job would be the Minnesota Vikings job. Now, um, Mike, what would be your least valuable job in the NFL? That is available. So I want to say, I think if we would have lost to the Bears,
1: we would have finished third. Yes, we would have. So we'd have had an easier schedule next year on (laughs) top.
0: And the Bears would have had a tougher schedule. Exactly. All right. My least attractive
1: job. Um I'm probably gonna go with Seahawks, to be honest, because I think you're gonna have basically nothing there. Russ is gonna leave. Your cupboards are bare, you have DK Metcalf. And that's about it.
0: It's so tough. They've strapped themselves in a salary cap. They don't have any first round draft picks left after trying to, after paying Jamal Adams, who has been injury prone and really plays more like a linebacker than he does a safety. um, You'd be taking in a brand new head coach. You have a frustrated quarterback already. It's just an absolute mess in Seattle. The fact that they let this thing fall apart the way that they did is, should be something that the, that people should look at from a GM and ownership perspective and go, okay, there's a lot of explaining to do here because right. this team was set up. If they just could have, if they would have done it the right way to be from 2008 or when, when was it? 2008? I
1: mean, here's the thing that team was set up to be a dynasty. Yeah. And basically came from running the ball on the one yard line short. And then it all collapsed and it all fell apart. And this is the end of the collapse. So who's your worst spot? I was, I'll agree with you. I have no, the, all right. The you got to do some ever. of your own thinking here a Jeez. little bit. So my, uh, my next best spot uh, is going to be the Miami dolphins. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's a young talented roster that basically could have again, made the playoffs this year. Uh, you come in, you have some decent draft picks that you can build that team into your own as well. Um, maybe a year or two, and you should be a a good AFC team that's contending for playoff spots.
0: I would agree with that somewhat. I actually think, and because of the news that we've heard coming out of it, now that we know that Joe judge has left, I actually think the second best spot is going to be in New York, massive media market, the ability to re-sign Daniel Jones. They're not strapped in the cap. You look at all the weapons that they have on offense and a defense that looked like it was actually going to come around towards the end of the year. Last year, you are an offensive line, um, away from in a bad division from being able to make a little bit of a run at this. Um, and there have already been, um, Already been word that has come out that for the first time, and I think like 30 plus years, the Giants are going to go ahead and get a GM outside of the Mara family, the the New York faithful family. They're going to go get somebody that is just strictly a football purist and try to correct this thing um, because of all of the maneuverability that that will then give them that they haven't had in a long time. I could see New York being a spot that would be very attractive to a head coach coming up, especially because you're not paying a quarterback a lot of money right now. You feeling okay? Yes. I know. I'm stepping out on a limb there. But it's a bad They occasion. haven't had a
1: winning record in five years. They're due. All right. If that's your argument. You know what the Giants are?
0: Uh, Dogs.
1: My, so I just said best. So my worst job. So I've done Vikings, Seahawks, and Dolphins thus far. Mm-hmm. An- another worst job, in my opinion, is going to be the New York Giants. Because you're wrong.
0: Oh, contraire, mon frere.
1: Uh, You don't have a quarterback. You don't have an offensive line, even though you have a good running back. You basically don't have receiver weapons. Okay. Your defense. You is... don't have
0: receiver weapons. Kadarius, Tony, Evan Ingram, Gal- Galladay, Galloway. Because you know their names does not make They're them. They're
1: good weapons. Okay. So you trade the Giants' weapons for the Vikings' weapons? No. Okay. That's what I thought. All right, so the Giants suck, um, and it's going it's to take years. I mean, they literally haven't had a winning record at any point during the regular season in five years. In fi- you, you, they haven't been two and one in five years. They're awful. Um, and you have an up-and-coming Washington team that I think is literally on trending up. You have an Eagles team that's trending up with a young quarterback, made the playoffs this year. Thank you, Dylan. And then the Cowboys. Like To think that you can just take over the Giants next year and climb out of the cellar is asinine. I apologize, but no.
0: I, and I don't think it's going to happen in one year, but I think it's something to where over multiple years, it's something, and it's, like I said, the unfortunate truth, and I I don't like that I, I picked New York at two, but there's already there were rumblings last season. If you put Russell Wilson on the Giants with the roster that they currently have, you give them a new head coach and a new GM, all of them aligned. And they you go get, seven and nine. I don't know about that. All right. Well, the Giants might as well grab a pillow because they're sleeping in the cellar for another five years. (laughs) All right. Um, My next worst job. What are we at? Seven here would be the Chicago Bears. Um, This franchise has been in disarray for such a long time. The uh, The unfortunate truth is they didn't get it right soon enough on offense to help with the elite defense that they had built. Cleo Mack aging out. Hicks is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Eddie Jackson is going to start demanding more money. He's also aging a little bit. I don't
1: think Eddie Jackson had an interception this year.
0: I don't think so either. Um, Robert Quinn is now going to be looking for some money. You know what I mean? After the season that he's had, Justin Fields isn't by any means, in my opinion, ready to be a playoff caliber quarterback. That offensive line has issues other than the, you know, the slender man wide receiving core that they have outside of Allen Robinson, who is also getting older. This team needs a full retool. Like I really do think that they are a backseat team at this point. Um, And with them also needing to bring in a GM, there's a lot of alignment pieces that are going to need to be made there. Um, My, my worst team there would be the the Chicago bears. So I'm on best team now again. Yep. To be honest,
1: I'm not even going to include the Raiders in the segment because I truly think that um, how do you pronounce his name again? (laughs) Rich Versace. I think Rich Versace is going to keep that job. Okay. Um. So my best option would probably be the Jaguars. Wow. Over Denver, huh? Over Denver. Okay. Explain. Um. I think that there's more upside, a higher potential in Jacksonville. Um. You still, in my opinion, have one of the best quarterback talents there's been. Yeah. In probably since probably Andrew Luck. Yep. Um, You have a very talented running back that will be coming back. Uh, You have draft capital. Mm. I I think that that's a great scenario to be in as a head coach to like, this would be the scenario where I'd like to see that Gruden deal uh, like mirrored, like
0: a 10 year, deal, like
1: a 10 year. We're going to lock you in this. Here's the keys.
0: I would be on the phone with Dabo yesterday. Yep. Um, you know that Trevor Lawrence plays well in that system. You know that he's got his thumb on the pulse of what the college ranks have been. So I'll agree with you a little bit there. Um I don't think it's quite as inviting because of the Shad Khan thing. Um my next best team was actually gonna be the Denver Broncos. Um, the bones of that team are solid right now. If you drop a good quarterback in on that squad, Jerry, Judy, the weapons that they have on offense, they have a two headed monster right now at running back that you could kind of lean on. Even if you were to go get a young I'm worried guy. about the defense in Denver over,
1: over the long haul. Cause I think maybe right. a year or two, you have a good defense, but you but could begin to drop. retool
0: that now with how good the offense is. Right. Sure. Like you take a look at that you could do something like what the Panthers did and go into this year's draft. You get a quarterback in free agency, and then you just dump all of your draft collateral into the defensive side of the ball, and you can then keep pace with Kansas City, Vegas, uh, and the Chargers. So I think that job, plus I know me and you probably have a little bit more of an inside track on this than most. The guys that are there in the front office at GM for Denver are Minnesota affiliates, and they helped develop the roster that we have. So I do have faith in their ability to do the same down in
1: Denver. See, and actually I think Dabo Sweeney would work in Jacksonville, but that is actually the reason why I don't see that happening is the question from notoriety sports network, which I believe is Dylan Beeks. Do you think the Jags would have the appetite to get another college coach?
0: I think he would be the only
1: exception to the rule. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. They're not going to go hire Brian Kelly.
0: Lane Kiffin. Right. Harbaugh not gonna happen no let dabble though yeah
1: probably sure I agree with that
0: okay uh next worst team Mikey mine would be the Broncos and then I'm done <gasps> no way we didn't even get to the Dolphins
1: really yeah oh well they'd be a best team for me okay that'd be a good situation
0: to be honest yeah I just I don't know it's, it's, it's a quarterback it's... thing
1: they're not necessarily sold onto a, but he's not gonna hurt you either. But they're also cat pressed. But they're also extremely talented and young. So like you you I think the Dolphins is a good situation, but it's a tight window. You'd have to get it right this next year. You would have to basically come in and win in 2022. Otherwise, you're probably I mean, here's the thing. Brian Flores went no. nine and eight. He had a winning record and got fired.
0: Yeah, but that's that's another reason why I think that this would be an extremely challenging job to take over and one that some people will shy away from. That GM and that owner, that GM has been there for, what, 23 years? And you look at some of the decisions that they've made, and you're going, uh, pff, what the fuck? The way that they trade, the way that they've given players away, the fa- who they've drafted over specific players— I just I think whatever head coach that walks in there, unless it is a legitimate disciple of Chris Greer, and I think Ross or something is the owner, um, it's it's just not going to be a good situation in in Miami, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I so Dylan Beek's comment. As bad as Mike hates the thought, Dougie P. Minnesota would be amazing. He won a Super Bowl with extremely minimal talent. What he could do with Minny's talent actually scares me, Dylan. You know. To be honest with you, I hated it more on Monday than I did today. Mike's it's coming around. It's starting to warm up to me. Um, as long as he doesn't bring d Philip fuck with him, we're okay. I think uh, the biggest thing, Dylan, I got to be honest, the, 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 the worst part about Doug Peterson is he put on that ugly Philadelphia green. Um, but I think I can get by it if he puts on the purple and gold.
0: I mean, at least he knows how to win championships in Minnesota it's the honest to god truth so yeah that's my thoughts on uh, so i
1: think that there are definitely some uh some situations around the nfl that are definitely more attractive than others and there are some that they're going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel for talent because they do not have a good situation for a head coach to walk into yeah um but some guys especially at this level uh like the challenge as well so
0: mike has your phone rang at all for any of these head coaching positions? We have to know. If I'm going to lose you, I need an, I need at least a, a month-long notice.
1: No comment. Oh,
2: I'm going to lose my head coach. I'm getting – uh, I should say now that I'm getting brought in uh, to work for the scouting combines to fight pretensive
1: quarterbacks. Oh, Okay. It's basically just a box. So the quarterback will have his, you know, stat line and everything. And then at the very end, there's a box. Did you defeat Gabe Noah in a fight?
0: And it's like, they'll either just check it or leave it blank. We're going to do a segment when we do draft analysis for quarterbacks this year, where we're just going to put pictures up of quarterbacks in their street clothes and ask Gabe if he thinks he could beat them up.
1: So, I mean, I try to be honest. (laughs) There's been one story that I saw that has, uh, Lane Kiffin
0: coming to Minnesota. And then us drafting Matt Coral.
1: And then us drafting
0: Matt Coral. Lane Kiffin maybe as an offensive coordinator, not as a head coach. Sure. He just strikes me as like super immature. Like he's gonna get caught doing Urban Meyer things. You know, it's funny because I've I've he's been on the Pat McAfee show a couple of times, and that has been addressed because he was obviously so young when he was in Oakland with the Raiders. Um, When he got his first opportunity and he's actually even come out and admitted that that there was a lot of it that he didn't understand, but have you heard anything of the sort with him being at a college program with, and in my, in, in my opinion, those coaches can get away with a whole hell of a lot more than you can in the NFL, right? Like you're under a whole lot more scrutiny at this level or at that level than you are at this level because you control the entire program and nothing of the sort has come up on him. I mean, he just looks like a kid who's like getting chewed out by his mom. That's fine. Like, Can you win football games? I don't know. I really don't. So, all right. I think that's uh, all we got for the show.
1: Who is your outside-the-box Vikings coach wish?
0: Outside-the-box?
1: Outside-the-box. Sort of like the Lane Kiffin, or I read a Harbaugh
2: thing. Like, you know, could they entice him from Michigan or whatever, which I thought seemed ridiculous, but apparently... It's Who not knows? as ridiculous, right? It's,
1: I've I've heard that quite a bit.
2: How would you feel about that? About Harbaugh specifically? I mean, in a way, I feel like that's going back to a Zimmer type. Right? Exactly
0: the the my way or the highway. You better fit my scheme or my in my culture or hit the road type guy. Um, so I would shy away from Harbaugh talk. There's an owner or a GM that's out there that has a lot of Harbaugh ties, and I think it's I think it's Miami. Um. But my outside the box.
2: Pick. Yeah, no one you can think of that like who's out there. I'm just give me a second, Mike. You got I want, any ideas on? I it? want Brian Billick back.
1: Mike Tice. Got a baby. Bring in Tice, man. Bring back the love boat. Bring back the the throwing the ball all over the yard. He's a heck of a player's coach. Okay. Are you being serious? No. Okay. That's just my outside-the-box I mean, Vikings coach with. I knew that you would think that for the love boat part, but but yeah. I mean, he, he is a hell of a players coach, to be honest. Jimmy Johnson. Mariucci. Jimmy Johnson, the guy who fleeced the Vikings in the 90s yeah. for the Herschel Walker oh, trade. Yeah. He owes us. He would just come here and,
0: like, make that trade again. No. Like, hey, we'll give you seven draft picks for... Max yeah, Crosby. You want to stick it to Jerry Jones? Come play in Minnesota or come coach in Minnesota. He was a huge proponent of the – you could argue that he was the one that started the player empowerment thing with the way that he treated Michael Irving and Emmett Smith. You want to go in a direction where he's never necessarily – I mean, he got that just, from being at Miami. With all, those, <laughs> with all that top talent. With all that so personality you, too. You know he knows how to evaluate talent, develop a locker room, be a player's coach. There's my outside-the-box wish. Put the call in.
1: Dylan says, uh, "I really like Caldwell with a talented team like Mini, but his awful playoff history is the only thing that scares me." Uh, yeah, I mean, he would fit right in. We don't want fit in. We, we want, want an it. offense. In my opinion, we want an offensive-minded head coach in Mini. Yeah. yeah, we're we're we've had defensive coaches going back to. I mean, we had Childress, we had Leslie Frazier, Brian
0: Billick. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't hate to see Brian Billick. I just, I, I, yeah. I think – yeah, it's all up in the air. I think the Vikings should leave – Bring mostly. Bud Grant
1: back. What are we doing? Oh,
0: Jesus. <laughs> Last time he coached a game was outdoors in Minnesota, and it wasn't at our college stadium. Man. I know. No.
2: What about well, Dabo? Dabo, Sweeney, Dabo, whatever you say.
0: Dabo, Sweeney would be something I would be very interested in here in Minnesota as well. The ability to look at talent coming up out of college in the next couple of years, you can get some – you saw it with Pete Carroll. When Pete Carroll came in out of USC – Right. Um, the first few years that he drafted, they were able to find some sleepers in the draft that turned into some absolute monsters. And you want to talk about a way to support a $45 million cap hit quarterback like Kirk Cousins or find his successor, go get you a coach that has recruited some of the best talent in college football over the last eight years. And if you really wanted to, you go get Dabo Sweeney. Um, there's a big case coming up for Deshaun Watson here right after the Super Bowl. There are still well, from what I understand, 14 teams that are willing and interested in trading for him if he gets cleared of a lot of this. Guess who coached uh, Deshaun Watson? Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. So, yeah, there's a link there as well. Sexy, so, sexy choice. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anything else? Any parting shots, Michael? For the I know, fans? I know it'd be
1: fun to see Mike Tice back on the sideline.
0: It would. I agree. I signed up his wife at Experience Fitness. For a gym membership, you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> she handed over her ID and I was like, I was like, this is Tice. I was like, like Mike Tice. She goes, Shh. I was like, all right, cool. Sick. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So next,
1: just dropping names over here. Yeah. Uh, thank you. So if you are a sports fan with sports friends, uh, make sure to give us a like and subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Spotify, and Patreon maybe in 2025. It is up. I'm just not pubbing it because it's not finished. Hey, look at that. Uh if you didn't catch us live, you can catch us on MCN 6 Saturdays at 2 and Fridays at 7 as always.
0: Take care. Um tune in next week we will be going over what is what Chael Sonnen is touting as potentially the biggest heavyweight matchup in UFC int, uh, history with the surreal gone Francis Ngannou card for the UFC. We will be playing to coach or not to coach with the Minnesota Vikings head coaching search uh, as well as checking on with, checking in with our winter sports teams and reacting to everything that happened in super wild card weekend. As we head deeper into the playoffs, um, take care, stay safe, stay warm.